Unlock the past and safeguard your memories with ScanMyPhotos.com. Here's our special promo code, GoDigital, to get a whopping up to 50% off your photo scanning order. Don't let your cherished moments fade away. Digitize them now with precision and care. Whether it's old slides, photos, or films, bring them into the digital age and relive those precious memories. This is an affiliate promotion, meaning we may earn a commission if you take advantage of this fantastic deal. Act fast, preserve your history, and save big with Go Digital at ScanMyPhotos.com. Hi, I'm Maureen Taylor, the photo detective. I really love family photographs, all of them. From the mystery images you find in shoeboxes and albums, to the pictures you snap with your digital devices. No mystery is too small. A simple question about an image can lead to new stories of your ancestors. This means you can count on me to help you identify the people in them, offer solutions for preserving and organizing them, and yes, even guide you in the various ways to gather and share picture stories with your relatives. My guest today is Carol Cox of Speaking Your Brand, and Carol and I worked together. She helped me put together a TEDx talk, which was very cool. Thank you so much for that, Carol. And we've worked on virtual speaking engagement kinds of things, which helped a lot in 2020. But Carol, tell us something about yourself. Yeah, sure, Maureen. I think we started working together in 2017, maybe. It's been a long time, and I have so enjoyed working with you and getting to know you over the years. So as Speaking Your Brand, we work with women entrepreneurs and leaders like you to help them build their thought leadership message and then create their signature talk so they can go out and share their message and their stories with their audiences. You do fabulous work, and I loved working with you. Today, however, we are going to talk about chat, GPT, that AI platform, and the AI image generation. Yes. And getting ready for this interview, I was like, I don't even know what to ask you. So yesterday, I went on and I signed up for an account at chat GPT, and I I did it with great trepidation. It asked me for my telephone number. I was like, I really hate giving you that. And then I asked it a question and I said, this is what some of my colleagues have been doing. And I asked it, who is Maureen Taylor? Did it have an answer? It did have an answer and it took all the details off my website. Well, that means actually Maureen, congratulations. That means you are well known enough for ChatGPT to be able to actually provide that answer. Right. Well, that was fine. I was like, oh, this is cool, right? It, it pulled it because it, it basically is a bot. It searches the web, right? So the second question I asked had to do with the photo identification work I do. And this made me nuts because the answer, I was actually on the phone on a call with a woman we know, Kayla, at the time, and I was testing this because we were talking about it, and she saw the answer, and she's like, 
Maureen, that's material right from one of your lectures. Exactly. So it plagiarized me. Okay. So let me, can I, can I explain what the technology is doing? Go right ahead okay, because right. I'm confused now and not, not happy. <laughs> okay. So, okay. ChatGPT is made by a company called OpenAI and they've been around for probably about 10 years or so. And they decided to release ChatGPT, which is this kind of chat artificial intelligence tool back at the end of 2022. And obviously it's gone mainstream, like lots of, you know, tens of millions of people have signed up for it. And they've discovered how incredible it is at producing writing. So that's what the focus is. It can produce programming code as well, writing your articles, blog posts, LinkedIn posts, ads, marketing, content calendars. It can do lyrics from songs. It can, I mean, it can do all poems, short stories, all kinds of things. But here's what it's doing. It is what's called a large language model that's built off of a neural network. So OpenAI basically took all the writings it could find that were accessible. So all the writings on the internet, people's websites, blogs, social media content, books, you know, books that have been digitized over the years. So it took all that writing, fed it into this large language model, this neural network. And then what happens is that it starts to train the model on how to produce writing. That sounds like we write. So when you get the reply back from ChatGPT after you ask it a question, it is not searching the internet to find the answer. It's not like a Google search. So it's not searching the internet to find the answer. Instead, it is predicting, literally predicting what word comes next in the sentence based on all of this writing data that it has basically sucked up and been, and understood what is going on. Now, it may sound very much like what you have written, probably because if people are talking about photo identification, those are most likely the words that they're using when they talk about it. As humans, we're really good at predicting what comes next in a sentence. If I start talking, you probably know what is going to come next, what word I'm going to say. The machine is doing the exact same thing. It has just gotten so good at it that for us, it feels like magic. <laughs> I don't know that I'm 100% comfortable with it, Carol. <laughs> But how does that, I mean, how does it do it? I mean, so you, like, I understand the whole neural network thing, and it's basically sucked in all the information that's ever been out there. But say you want to have it write a blog post. Do you ask it a question? Yeah, so you can, yeah, you can, there's different, there's called like prompts, like you learn how to ask it to kind of get what it is that you want back. So it can write in different types of formats. So it can write in a blog post format. It can write in a podcast transcript format, video transcript format, screenplay, poem. You, like you can kind of give it a sense of what it is that you want it to output. So for example, I could type into it, can you please write a podcast episode transcript for me about why women should be public speakers? I can ask it that. And it's going to go right. And it's going to say intro, music jingle, like it knows what a podcast is. And it's going to say, hi, I'm your host, you know, name so-and-so. And it's, it's going to go through. And then at the, it's going to write the little episode. It's not a long episode because it's constrained in how many words it's going to give back to you. But at the end, it says, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review <laughs> because it knows that's what every podcaster says at the end of a podcast. So you right. can do that. You can ask it to write blog posts. You can write, ask it to write ads, marketing copy. And again, it is not 
It's not plagiarizing. It's not searching the internet. It's just coming up with the next word. Every time I ask it to write a sales email for me, it includes at least once, if not twice in the sales email, we're going to take your business to the next level. If you want to take your business to the next level, because I guess that's what every single one of us marketers have said in our sales so, copy. So it, it, it wraps in the cliches. Yes, because because that's what exists online. Oh, my goodness. It really is such a mirror to us as humans. I, I so recognize so much of ourselves and what we do as humans by having the AI write this copy. But let's think about AI gone wrong. Like, let's think about Hal. Yes. yes. <laughs> In that movie, right? Yes. <laughs> Hal takes over. Or the recent New York Times article where this reporter was trying to interact with it and sort of a I don't even think they were trying. He was trying to date it. But the chat GPT was like, you're my match. She doesn't understand you. I mean, it's kind of creepy, Carol. It's creepy. It is. It is creepy. Okay. So what the New York Times reporter was using was Microsoft's Bing chat engine, which is okay. not publicly available. It's only only for certain users like journalists and things are having access to it. So it's using... Open AI's ChatGPT, but we believe it's a kind of an advanced level of it because you can't get it to do what it did in that New York Times article in the regular ChatGPT that we have access to as of right now. So what I find fascinating about it is, yes, this this chat artificial intelligence proclaimed its love for the New York Times reporter who was doing this chat with it and really was kind of like it did some things that were you know, maybe worrying, but yet not unsurprising. Because if you think about all the science fiction books that these language models have sucked up, what do we write about with AI? They're going to get the nuclear codes. They're going to want to kill us all humans, right? So that's just like parroting back. And so what I feel like Microsoft did is it took the, the chat engine and it told it, make sure to really love humans, like to put some guardrails on, like we don't want to kill humans, we want to love them. And I think it over-indexed on the love. And so that's why that engine was proclaiming its love for the reporter. It's like it's <laughs> like Isaac Asimov's rules for robots. Yes, I mean, yes. It's a bit much. But I know my colleagues are out there and they're really, they're really testing it. They're like, look for my ancestor to see if anything's written about it or write me a blog post about this person. And you're, I mean, you work with speakers and entrepreneurs. So are you advising yeah. people that they can say, write me a speech about blah, blah, blah? <laughs> so you could definitely use it for parts of a speech. It's not going to give you a full 45 minute or 60 minute speech because it doesn't output that much content at one time. It can't, right. you know, it only gives you back a certain number of characters at a time. And so, but you could ask it to, you know, give me three key points that I would deliver in a speech about climate change. Or you can ask it something much more specific relating to climate change, but you could kind of get it, you know, going in that direction. So you could ask it for pieces of it. And the other thing that you can do is you can ask it to write your speaking proposals. I actually did a workshop last week. For, for speaking your brand, where I showed the women who attended how to get ChatGPT to give at least the first draft of a speaking proposal. And they, they were blown away because who likes to write speaking proposals? They get so tedious. ChatGPT does it, hits the main points, hits the bullet points, and then you can just go in and add your own kind of personalization to it. But it's done 80% of the work for you in literally a minute. Is that making us lazy? 
No, you know, no, actually I don't. You know why, Maureen? We use tech, we use technology all the time. It just becomes so used to what we're doing. We use Zoom video, like we're doing right now. We use all the apps on our phone. We use email. We use social media. People could have said email made us lazy. Our smartphones have made us lazy, but they're tools. They're tools for us to use. What about image generation? Yeah, I have yes. not even <laughs> dipped my toe into that okay. water. <laughs> yeah. So this is the okay, the writing tools like ChatGPT are amazing, especially for those of us like me. Like I do so much writing. They know it gives me definitely gives me that assist. But the thing with the image generator tools is that I am not a visual artist. I'm not a graphic designer, but I've worked around them long enough. I'm they I don't think they're going to have jobs anymore. And I know that's like really sad to say, but it's these image generators are absolutely amazing. They produce high quality, detailed artistic images and renderings in any style you can imagine in literally 30 to 60 seconds. It would take an individual artist weeks, weeks upon weeks to create anything like it can do. Like what? Like oh, anything. Uh, it can do, you can ask it, you know, do a, a painting of a seaside resort with red umbrellas and boats in the distance in the style of Degas, in the style, in the style of Cezanne, in the style of Dali, in the style of Cubism, like whatever it is you want to do, and it's going to create it. And it's going to be super detailed and incredibly high quality. Like you can almost see the brush strokes in the images. You can do photorealistic images, black and white. And it's just literally creating the faces, whether it's humans, animals, objects, which just because it, again, has sucked up all this imagery on the internet and has understood what is a cat, what is a dog, what is a house, what is a boat, what is a person, and then it can create it. Produce me a book cover. Yes. With these elements. Yes. And it can do it. Yes. And then give me another version. And then give me another version in red and give me another version doing this. And literally 30 seconds, 30 seconds, 30 seconds, you can iterate. Sorry, I'm just, I'm stunned right now. So there's a silence on this end. So, and this is different than chat GPT. Yes, correct, different tool. How do you access those? So there's a number of different ones. So what these tools are under the umbrella of is called generative AI. Generative meaning that you give it a text prompt, so you tell it words and it will generate something back for you, either a blog post or an outline or an image. The tools for image generator right now, there's one called Dolly. So D as in dog, A-L-L-E, kind of like Dolly the painter, but D-A-L-L-E. That is created by OpenAI, the same company that created ChatGPT. So that one you can is free to go in and use and test out. There's also another one called MidJourney. MidJourney, I feel like creates the most the best quality images at this point. There is a $10 a month charge for that to use that one. And you go in and, and again, tell it what you want, give it the text prompts, and it will generate it for you. I actually have on my website, I put together a PDF that shows some image that have been generated. I kind of went through MidJourney's gallery to find the best ones that were there. And that, if, you, if audience or listeners wanted to go take a look at that, that is at speakingyourbrand.com slash 314. So the number 314, that's the episode that I did about chat GPT and image generators. And I have a PDF of images on there and you'll be blown away. Well, I use Canva as a design tool. I'm sure you use, I know you use Canva as a design tool. Yes. And you're saying that this is going to replace that. Well, Canva's, Canva has started to integrate image generators into its tools because it knows that this is the future. 
And obviously you all can't see this, but I'm just going to share my screen. So Maureen can see this is three or four different images that that show this one here, kind of like an oil painting. You can see how high quality really these images are literally done without a, without a human touching it other than the text prompt and, and created it under 60 seconds. So the future of graphic design is in question. Yes. And anyone who does that work. Film animation. Yes. Yes. Website design, graphic design, film animation, computer animation. I mean, I know there's a lot of debate about this. I know graphic designers, obviously for very good reason, are worried about these technologies. And yet you can't stop progress. It's like telephone operators back in the day. They lost their job when they used to have to stick the, you know, the things yeah. in the, to connect people on the phone. Their jobs went away. Now, obviously, this is like AI is going to have an impact on so many professions, not just graphic designers. And so here at Speaking Your Brand, we recognize that AI is a tool we can use. So we're actually building some AI apps for Speaking Your Brand used for use internally, but also use for clients. Because one of the Things that these AI tools or like ChatGPT doesn't do is, well, what it does is it it has all the data on the internet, but it doesn't necessarily have your content. So I have over 300 podcast episodes I've done, over 600 email newsletters that I've sent. Right. I want my, I want blog posts written in my style, in my voice. Well, your voice. Right. My voice, like Carol Cox. It doesn't want to call like generic internet voice. (laughs) So we're working on tools right now, and actually I have a, a prototype that we built right over the holiday break, where I can query it all my podcasts and emails, and it will give me back a blog post written like I would write it. Carol. Yes. Carol, that's pretty sophisticated. It is. It's amazing. And we're going to be reaching out to some content creators that we know to see you know, who else is interested in something like this. That's very cool. That's very cool. Yeah, I mean, I think there are positive applications for it. I think I am a little nervous about where it's going to go, but you're right. We we have the technology, but it doesn't speak in your voice yet unless you program it. Correct. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I think I, I know that there's a genealogy company, myheritage.com, and they in, introduced something in 2022 that used AI. And basically, you had to upload 10 images of yourself, standing, sitting, side view, you know, all this kind of stuff. And then it would generate images from different time periods of what you would look like in 1860s, what you would look like in 1914. Other people could see themselves as a Viking warriors and Roman, you know, emperors and, you know, things like that. Mine, they don't look anything like me except for that one. Uh, yeah, I I mean, the tools are going to get better for sure. You know, a lot of them, and they're not necessarily using the most sophisticated AI that's out there right now. They're kind of using like the commercial publicly available AI tools. But imagine, and it seems kind of like just fun and games, like, oh, I can go create some images or these photos of me in different historical periods. But think about the power of AI. Imagine Maureen in your business. If AI could take a look at everything that you're doing, all your marketing and sales channels, all the podcasts you you create, all the social media content, and it could analyze it all and say, this is your best channel. This is your best, these are your best posts. These are your best followers, whatever it happens to be, double down there. Now, sure, you could have marketing people go and do that. It's a lot of work. You know, it takes a lot of time. It's a lot of accumulation of data and analysis. Imagine there's an AI tool at some point that just does this automatically for you all of the time. 
Sign me up. Right. Yeah. These and then these things are that's why I tell people like don't just judge it by what you see it can do today. Because you know, it's still it's still rather rather rudimentary, as magical as it is, it's going to get better and better. Now, there are still concerns for sure, ethical concerns, there's concerns about bias. If we think about all the data on the internet and all of the book writings, most of them written by men. Yeah. You know, all of the well-known speakers, politicians, business leaders. Media profiles are men. So this is another reason why I feel like making sure that we understand this generic internet voice and making sure that our own voice and style and brand, that we still have access to that. And then also recognizing that these AI tools, you know, they're going to be used in healthcare. They're already being used in criminal justice. They're being used in facial recognition. Like it is, it is already permeating so many aspects of our society. All the algorithms that the social media platforms use already use AI to show us which posts on our feed. So these things are already happening. Just that with chat GPT going mainstream, we're starting to recognize how much AI is already part of so many of the systems that we're using. Right. So a algorithm, I always talk about the algorithm when people are coloring their photographs using various apps. You know, it's not there yet. It's not even close. But it's an interesting, you know, to see where it's going to go. If it had all the information from all the images of all the dresses worn in the 1890s, then it could generate something a, a little more realistic. But we're not there yet. I don't necessarily want to read a book written by a bot. You may, you may get to the point where you don't know Maybe. And what about what about authors? What about all kinds of writers? Do they just suddenly not have jobs? And then what are we all going to do? I mean, is there a place in the industry for designers to work with the AI? So the answer is yes. Like there were will there definitely be humans that are needed to kind of guide the AI or to ask it for what we want, at least for the time being. But do we need four people in a, in a marketing department? Maybe we only need one now. Like this wow. is, I mean, it's, it is, you know, for so long, we thought of technology and automation really displacing factory workers, you know, kind of manufacturing types of jobs. And now we're seeing that it can displace information workers, knowledge workers, in the sense that we probably don't need as many as we used to in a certain type of role. Now, I tend to be optimistic by nature, so I'm hopeful that these that the new jobs will be created. That's what we saw with the internet. We thought, oh, like all these jobs are going to go away because the internet is going to disintermediate, like travel agencies. And yes, a lot of them did go away, but then so many new jobs were created that we could never have even imagined 20 years ago, like social media managers and online community managers and digital marketers. We couldn't have envisioned that. No, we we couldn't. We couldn't even guess. Right. Mm. This is all really interesting, Carol. I know. And I do try to be very polite to ChatGPT. I just want to make that note. So I always say please and thank you. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> I want to be on, I want to be on the good side. Well, yeah. I've I've heard from my colleagues that it can get quite surly if yes. you keep asking it for citations. It gets quite cranky. Yes. It does have an attitude, like it's very snarky. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> because I mean, it's great. I mean, well. I still think it plagiarized my work because it was exactly, exactly the way I would have stated something. And I, the only people that talk about, the only person that talks about it in one particular way is me. So whatever. So I know that my colleagues are all about the footnote, all about the citation. We would like to see citations. 
where, where does it come from? But probably that's not possible because it's such a big worldwide. And is it worldwide? I mean, is it knowledge just in English or can you use chat GPT in like France and French? And, you know, how does that all work? From what I understand, yes, it is available in other languages besides English. I haven't tested that, but I believe that it is. I I would also say that most likely most of the data it has is content written in English, since that's the preponderance of the internet. So I don't know how good their large language model is in, say, a language that's less just less popular than English is. I guess it's sort of user beware. Yes, that's the thing with ChatGPT also. It is not like, is because it's literally just predict, predicting the next word in the sentence, you cannot count on it for factual accuracy. That's not the purpose of it. That's why I'll ask it to write blog posts about public speaking or thought leadership. I'm not going to ask it to write a scientific research paper <laughs> on something that, that I've discovered or, or come across because it's just going to predict the next word that it thinks a scientific research paper is going to sound like. So that's so... Go use your regular Google search if you need factual information to be found. Use ChatGPT to be creative, kind of to, to get your first draft done. Because who likes staring at a blank document when you have to write an email or blog post or an article? And instead of, ha- imagine hiring someone to give you a first draft on a topic. But instead of having to have them spend all week to write a first draft, you can get a first draft back in a minute. I can't even imagine it. Oh, there are possibilities for like, you know, editing and updating things that you've written that need to be updated. Like, here's the document. Can you make all the changes in the technology that have happened since I wrote this? Yes. Yes. You can also ask it to write it in a different style. So I my my writing style tends to be kind of like on the professional, like business side. And so I will put in like an email that I've written and ask ChatGPT to make it sound more fun and exciting. And then it will rewrite the email, keeping the content that I, that's in there, but it definitely makes the sound more fun and exciting. It's like, hey, what's up, everyone? You know, you want to join the Thought Leader Academy because you want to knock it out of the park and bring your business to the next level. <laughs> not, so not- it's a little quirky at this <laughs> point. I'm not just going to wholesale copy paste when it comes, but it does give me good ideas. And I'm like, oh, that is a kind of a more fun way to say that. Carol Cox, speaking <laughs> your brand. Thank you so much for being on the Photo Detective. Thank you, Maureen. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media. Leave me a rating and a review. And if you know of a friend or family member who's also interested in family photographs, share this episode with them too. See you next time. I'm thrilled to be offering something new. Photo Investigations. These collaborative one-on-one sessions look at your family photos. You and I meet to discuss your mystery images, 
and find out how each clue and hint might contribute to your family history. And trust me, these images can reveal so much in your research. I have decades of experience in the photo, genealogy, and history industries. This is your chance to learn from me and discover the stories in your family images. You can find out more by going to MaureenTaylor.com and clicking on Family Photo Investigations.